Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm your host, Tanner Badgley, and this week, we will be wrapping up our conversation on searching for truth with a renegade mind. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage checking that out. Some of the things we covered are Shelby's truth and wise, freedom and fulfillment, finding financial freedom at a young age, his health struggles and his journey to healing, and so many more exciting topics. And in this episode, Shelby and I will be talking about how he grounded the vision that he created, a walkthrough in the Ajin Sanctuary, and how his purpose has evolved through time. Well, let's dive in. Here's to becoming people of purpose. Okay, so it sounds like uh, the, the origins was just to, to come out there and, and basically create a space where, um, or I guess the vision was to create a space where people can come and be inspired and they can learn about these different things. You can have just like educational content around while people come out for some sort of getaway and go to an Airbnb. Um, so that's the vision. And I'm curious about how you guys grounded that vision and actually started building this and actually started creating this. So we we were, not, we were notoriously bad for having bad credit because um, we're not savers. <laughs> the, bank, the banks don't like us too much. So my brother, we, we, we owned a house and we had sold it years back. And, uh, my brother and a friend actually had the dream of homesteading on this property. So they pitched in and my brother got his friend who was eligible to get a mortgage to do it. And then he, then they split the, the monthly payment. So the original concept to actually get the land uh, was just finding someone who was willing to do this or take part or wanted the same thing. And they, they took the mortgage on, he made the payments with him. So that's how the land we, he first got it. I wasn't a part of it then. I actually thought it was dumb as shit when he first bought it. <laughs> and, and they said they were going to go live out there and stuff. I was like, yeah, you'll fucking never catch me out there, pal. Like I'm, uh, I'm not doing that. So they had plans at homesteading there, him and his friend. And it was actually his friend who was planning on living there and homesteading. And Jamie was just like, yeah, I'll just like come and go kind of here and there. So he never even planned on living there. So the property, when they got it, was like 250 grand or something. And the mortgage payments were like $300 each a month. So basically like, you know, when you get a phone bill that went over, it's pretty much like a phone bill every month. So that was pretty cool. They just kept it. It was like for the cost, why would I ever sell this place? So they had that for a few years. And then when him and I decided to go on this together, same thing, we had sold our businesses, but we didn't have a ton of cash. We were just sitting there like, well, we have the land. Let's see if we can make it work. So originally we had just hashed out a quick plan. Like, what do we want to do here? Let's look into Airbnb numbers. Cause we thought Airbnb would hundred percent be like the biggest revenue driver. Like that's how we would make money. People would come out, they would pay to stay. We would hopefully get them to learn some stuff. So we hashed out a quick plan and started calling around to some friends and family and just said, Hey, like we think we want to make a go of this. Like, are you guys down to kind of come in a little bit on it? So by just sharing our vision with friends and family and people like, you know, acquaintances, business people around us, we got about 15 grand. I think just ran, you know, people pitched anywhere from 500 to two grand and just said, yeah, here, let's, let's see what you can do with it. So 
I mean, clearly 15,000 is enough to build out a property. So we took that and we used that money to buy a few small things to get started and basically fund us getting a crowdfunding campaign going. So we used that to run an Indiegogo campaign. We, we drove around for about two or three weeks, shot footage, put a video together, really hashed it out, laid out what we would create with that. And then we ended up raising about, we also used some for ad budget as well, because we ran ads. We ran a giveaway ad that then sent them to a link to secure their purchase in the Indiegogo campaign. And that actually crushed, like it worked super good. So we ended up raising about 60,000, but also what had happened through that is CBC, a local news place had done an article on us and basically framed us as a scam. So we thought we were like so stoked, fired up, ads are working well, like, yeah, this is sick. They want to do an, an article with us. And we thought it was gonna be like, yeah, like, let's hear what these guys want to create there. But the guy just like the first interview, I guess, Jamie did it. He just was like, well, you guys have nothing. There's nothing there. It's just the property and you don't actually have anything. You're kind of selling a scam and all this stuff. And we were like, dude, really? This guy wanted an interview to just shit on us. So that like really halted it. Like it was climbing. Like we had about 65, 70,000 and it was like going up like fast. The Indiegogo campaign was, and it really halted after that. But I think that was a good in a way anyhow, but um, it was kind of hectic to deal with and something we really didn't see coming down the line which also made it way harder to start so imagine you have this crazy idea and then you want to do it and then this like massive news place frames you as a scam it was tough we were both like pretty down we were like dude every like people would like everyone was talking about it like it was on like everywhere kids from high school we knew like everything people were just like even still today people are like oh you guys are fucking scammers i'm like bro we literally have a property with a place but anyways that's a side problem with with crowdfunding campaign is like, like, I think a lot of people don't understand that you're selling an idea, not a thing. I'm not selling a product. I'm selling an idea of something we want to create. And you're kind of, you're at risk for that if, if you go in on it. So we had raised 60,000 with that, but the perk to the crowdfunding was we had some investors approach us. Um, and that's kind of how it's always worked with crowdfunding for us. You get some guys who are really interested. You put your vision out there. That's what you have to do. Um, you're always going to get shit on by somebody. So uh, we ended up having an old acquaintance guy who was really interested. Uh, he came in and invested with us. And that's how we got the money to build it out. So my brother and I spent last year, it was just the two of us. So we basically, I mean, I don't care. I, I'll, I'll tell the numbers. We had two. We had a $200,000 investment. We took that, invested all into the land. Him and I built everything with our own hands. So in zero... We spent seven months on the land last year. On day one, there was nothing there and we were making no money. We obviously had the investment cash. And on month seven, we had spent all the investment cash to get it running, but we were doing $30,000 a month in revenue through uh, Airbnb and retreats, which is pretty good. I mean, you would invest that into a condo and get very, you know, less than 10% of monthly rental fee. Uh, obviously, a lot more work, but as a real estate investment, I think it's really good up and coming thing out of that. So we never really got around to the education aspect because it's a ton of work, like just to get those things up and running, then to build out the education thing was like, okay, this is so much, like, how do we even do this? So what had happened was we actually, at the end of the year, we thought maybe let's just try and run a course. Like, let's see, you know, we'll just post like, Hey, this is kind of what we've done in the past seven months. Does anybody give a shit about learning this? And we were just going super low budget if you want to come e-transfer to this email and we, we launched that and had actually had 20 people e-transfer us overnight. And we were like, 
oh shit, like we were only thinking we get like five people. Um, so we ended up running two of these workshops because we had too many people sign up. And then that's kind of where we had an, our online course born out of. So we did this workshop and then we started laying out all the information, like what are we going to teach these people? And we went through everything from like, we showed funding, how to structure your vision, because I think that's the most important thing. Like there's so many people with ideas out there, but if you can't share that in a way that's inspiring to get other people to join in on your project, well, then it's never going to be a thing. And I don't think a lot of people believe that if you're going to do something great, you need money to start it. And I don't actually believe that. I think you totally just need to learn how to talk and share and, and plan because there's more people than you think that are just going to give you a bunch of money that is meaningless to them. And I think an idea is more meaningful than money. So um, we kind of were like teaching people that and really trying to shift their mindset around. Like I had a call with a lady yesterday on the strategy call and I'm like, she's like, yeah, I just like, don't, she's like, I've had this thing. I just don't know if I can do it. I don't think I can. I have no money, bad credit. I'm like, you do the same as me. Like you just need to learn how to share. And like, she's like, well, I have like 15 people that want to host retreats already. Like if I can do this place and like, I'm like, okay, we'll add that up. 15 people. If you say, Hey, give me $3,000 for the retreat. And then I'll build this place out and you get to have a retreat here. I'm like, well, what's three times 15. I'm like, you're already almost at, you know, that's 45, $50,000. I'm like, that's pretty decent. I'm like, you can totally start with that. So there's like all these concepts that people don't really think about. There's so many ways to get money and you can crowdfund privately. You can reach out to all the, to anyone. So yeah, we had uh, kind of gone through, through that and built our online course that bridged out of that. And then this year we've just been kind of honing that in where we were like, we just really weren't expecting it to take off and, and it kind of did. So we've been really diving into the course. We spent all winter working on that, putting in all the information from, from working last year. And then this year we really focused on the workshop building out more on the land. We got into farming and gardening and stuff this year, getting our permaculture plan in place. Uh, so that's been really cool. We'll actually be eating from our own land this year and hopefully selling some of the extras and stuff as well. Um, got a little greenhouse going up. So last year's we focused on infrastructure, revenue driving stuff, which I would advise people to do first because you probably, it's going to be a lot more work and harder to make money by selling lettuce likely from day one. So that's kind of like the approach you took was infrastructure, revenue. And then the second year we're building out uh, food growth and all of that third year will be like animals and kind of all the final touches. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. And then this year we're doing more of our workshops. So basically all we're doing now this year is we were hosting retreats and stuff last year that and letting other people do it. But this year we really wanted to focus like, like what makes the biggest impact? If I let people host retreats, that is impactful. People are coming, they're having healing experiences and that's really good. I, I, I really believe in that stuff and it's helped me a lot. But if I run my workshops and teach more people how to create these spaces and it's exponentially more people that can host retreats, go to retreats, do um, all of that stuff. So we've really focused our entire thing around education now where all we're hosting is our workshops, teaching about what we're doing and everything else. The time is going into building out the online course and helping get people into these things so that more people can get out there and create the stuff. Because truly I believe like every person should be doing this. Like a lot of people at our workshops are like, don't you worry that like, we're going to steal your business. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit. Like if every one of you guys gets this going, I'll be happy because like every single person can be living like this and, and would be better off living like this in my opinion. So um, we're really like, I, I think, I mean, and not that everybody wants to, like, I don't think my market's the entire world because there's a lot of people <laughs> that don't want to live like this, but I, but I believe for everybody that wants it, uh, it it's possible and that they, they should be doing that. And it's more beneficial to everyone in the planet. So 
is kind of where we're at with it. Beautiful. For for the audience, can you paint a picture of what your what your space looks like, like uh, the acreage, the location, everything else? Yeah, totally. So one of the aspects of this project is not only like it's not just big land. It's kind of like we've always been pretty creative guys, and it's kind of like how can we take something that would be normally deemed kind of like in a way useless or not ideal for what we're doing and utilize that to make something great. So our property is on, we're kind of in like the Okanagan area of, of BC, which is like Canada's somewhat desert area. So we we're just outside of that, but our elevation's high. So we're high elevation, about 1200 meters. And our property is not flat by any means. It's basically like, if you look at it as a square, the bottom left corner where you enter is decently flat with a pond and that's where we started. So we have our five Airbnb uh, wall tents there. We have a little community area with two shipping containers, a roof over them and the deck between. We've got an outdoor kitchen in there. We've got solar panels, pump house, well, a washroom house and a, and a spa area. And then if you go up towards the other side of the property, it's basically like rolling hills and like some plateaus. And then there's a big steep like mountaintop that's on our property as well. So, and it's a lot of rocky stuff. So if you were like a a standard agriculture farmer that wanted to go out there and just grow corn, like this would be a terrible place to do it. Uh, (laughs) And that's why the land was cheap though, too, right? Like we only paid 250,000. Whereas if you wanted to buy an orchard right in the Okanagan to have a winery, like you're paying way, way more than that. So our goal was like, how can we buy something that's insanely affordable and do something that you wouldn't normally be able to do there. So like, yeah, if you want to grow all year, you're going to have to dig your greenhouse four feet into the ground and put geothermal in. But our idea was that if you can take something and make it cash flow fast and then use that as an engine to keep building it out, you don't need that money up front. Whereas like everybody looks at these projects and goes like, I'm going to need 10 mil, but like, yeah, sure. You might by the time you're done, but if you start and you can get it to cash flow, and then, cause like, Technically putting a greenhouse in the ground and all of that is, is more money and time. But if you don't have a property, you can't afford a property to put one right on the ground where the temperature is perfect, then you, you just have nothing anyways. So either you buy something and get it to cash flow so you can keep moving forward and do what you need to do, or you just have nothing and you keep doing the same shit you're doing. So our idea was finding things that are really affordable for people and then learning how to create those spaces into something usable as well. That's pretty much our big fight up there is actually water and forest fire. So we have like a crazy earthworks plan of doing like 15 ponds and big fire break and and like natural fire suppressant stuff. So that'll be really cool once it gets going. But um, again, like every, I mean, every property, every off-grid property will have its downsides and upsides. Um, It just depends where you are. Unfortunately, our downs forest fires, but you know, other people's will be having too much water or landslides or whatever. It just totally depends where you are. Yeah, that's what that's the property as as an overview, though. If you or yeah, I don't know if you guys have any more more questions about it or any specifics. I, mean, I have tons of questions, but <laughs> um, <laughs> Tanner, do you have a question top of mind? Uh, no, just like logistical things. But I know we have like <laughs> ten minutes left or so, so I wanted to also make sure that. You know, we covered some purpose things related to it. If, unless you have something, Phil, you can go ahead and ask them. Uh, just one more, one more quick one. I'm curious how you made it initially appealing for Airbnb guests. Like you have this land and you're building yeah, these small little spots. So how, what made this appealing for Airbnb people to get your revenue to where it, where it got to? 
Um, so what we teach in the course is basically wow factors. It's just like what's something cool that's going to make someone come there. For us, that was the outdoor spa stuff. So we bought these big wine barrel saunas from local Okanagan wineries. And then we cut, like I cut doors into them and built a door and I built wood stoves and made them into saunas, into wood burning saunas. So that cost us about, I don't know, I'd say about $4,000 to make one. Um, And we put a private spa with a little cold plunge tub and a shower. And um, honestly, like our, so to to lay out that 30,000 revenue, we get one wall tent and it had a private sauna, a cold plunge tub, and an outdoor shower. All we did was build like a wood structure with a big water tote on top. And you would just open the, the thing and it would just pour water all over you. Like that was literally the shower. And then we had two more wall tents up and those had nothing. Like they had no spa, no sauna. They were just a wall tent with beds. And the way we did 30,000 was by, we rented the one wall tent out that was finished with the private spa whenever there wasn't retreats. And then most weekends we would book retreats. It was really a a solid mix between retreats and Airbnb because we were only Airbnb one at about $200 a night. Um, And then we were also doing Hip Camp, which is a really cool app. If you look that up, Um, I would have started with that. If I were to go and do this again, you would make a campsite. I would just start with a campsite and wow factors. Like I would have just made like made a, a little communal spa area with like a couple with a couple saunas and and whatever else and an outdoor kitchen and then on hip camp you just make a couple campsites people come in and then you can upsell them straight on the app like you want spa access it's 40 bucks a night you want you want kitchen access is 25 bucks a night so like to give a really quick example we put that wall tent together in that space probably cost us thirty thousand dollars for the one tent by the time we bought the tent built the platform outfitted it and did the spa to rent for 200 bucks a night but if I would have done hip camp and just put a spa in right away, I probably could have spent 15000 on like a really nice spa, maybe 20000 And then I could have done a cheap outdoor kitchen for like three. And then you could have had five sites. And people were averagely spending like anywhere from 100 to $120 a night just camping. But you could have five of those using the same thing. Whereas I spent $30,000 to make $200 a night off of one thing. So we started to realize this shit real fast. Like, oh man, I think we messed up. Like I could have totally started simpler and just worked my way up. And I think it's just the off-grid thing itself. So like, yeah, I, I mean, I think you do need a wow factor like a sauna or a cold plunger or something. I need to get people to drive all the way out there to just a flat piece of grass is tough. I mean, it's cool that we have the mountaintop so you can hike it in the mornings. We have some really epic lookout points and stuff like that. But for the most part, people just drive out for one or two days. They'll hit the sauna, they'll get up make some breakfast. I'll hike up to the lookout and come back down. And that's pretty much it. They just chill and like hang out. It's really like, I think people think you need way more than you do to get people to just come out and enjoy a good experience. For sure. That makes sense. So you didn't build any infrastructure, no like septic tanks, definitely no sewer, um, no no electrical grid, things like that. No power is all solar. So our solar system was about 15 grand. I can get way better stuff for cheaper now, but it's, uh, just depends what you want to do, man. Like, like even that, like day one, I would have just, there's some really cool stuff that's portable. Now we could have just bought a portable, more portable solar battery pack with a few panels and just like got going with that. We use incineration toilets. So they're, they're propane and they burn everything to an ash. You empty it. Like, I don't know, every couple, every couple weeks, maybe it's just like a little bowl. Like looks like a dog food bowl. You just pull it out from under the toilet, dump the ash out, put it back in. Um, it's super, it's more sanitary than anything else. Um, you can literally just put it into your compost or whatever. So 
we really wanted to get around all that shit. Like we weren't going out there to build like a city with that kind of stuff. It's also like the impacts on the land, like sewage isn't good for that. So there's a lot of uh, things that we had looked through for loopholes. Like that's another thing really big on is finding loopholes of like, how can you create this space without like, we don't want to have inspectors and health people and all that. Yeah, kind of So shit. no like city regulations, no rezoning, no nothing like that. You didn't have to do it. So our property is no zoning which is really cool. You can pretty much do whatever you want. They can't even give you a business license on the property because there's no zoning for it. Like it's not oh. like your ALR and you can get farm business. It's not like you're commercial and you get a business license. Like they're like, I can't even give you one. Um, so we run our whole business basically just through Airbnb and those because really it's like our house. We're just selling access to our home. Like that's all it kind of is. It's just a bit, bit of a larger model of Airbnb, I guess. But yeah, the infrastructure, like we're, we're really into like trying to figure out the off grid stuff. And like our big thing was keeping things mobile. Like if you want to change it or move it or whatever, like putting sewage and stuff into so much money and so permanent just doesn't always make a lot of sense. There's so much other stuff you can do. So we really were like looking for all of that to find out the easiest ways to do that. And to me, sewage is just like a lost cause. Like you buy sewage and you put it in well, like if you fail or you leave or so, like you can't sell that. You can't sell your sewage system and pull it out of the ground. If we were buying incineration toilets, well, worst case, we can just take all the shit with us or we can sell it or whatever. So we were, since it was such a testing phase and, and that's kind of how we do things. Yeah. We really were like, let's just like, I could basically go to my property today and pull everything off and stick it in the shipping containers we have and just go to another place. There's only one water line that's in the ground right now. That's 200 feet long that I probably wouldn't pull up. But other than that, everything else is just like, you could just take it and go. And so for water, what are you doing? You're pulling it from like your, the main housing structure there. How does that work? We have a well. So our, our first, the first year we had like a little spring on the property by our pond. It had like, it's an old wooden well box someone put in. We were just using a sump pump in that. Uh, and then la- the end of last year, we had a, dr- a well drilled. So we installed a pump in that. So right now, this year we built our well house and, um, so we've got a pump pressure tank, the whole system that pressurizes the community area with the shipping container, which now has like hot water on demand, outdoor shower, dishwasher, sink, and washing machine, um, which is really cool. So that's what we're doing for water. And then we don't have water anywhere else. Like there's no water ran to the tents or anything. Like we had initially thought about doing that, but then once we got out there, it was like, there's no way. Like this would cost so much money and be so much infrastructure. And it just doesn't add that value. Like if they want water, you go to the community area, you fill your water bottle up, you want to wash dishes or do anything. It's all there. You want to shower. It's there. Um, everything is in that community area. There's a couple of hose taps and stuff. So the pump house is like right in our garden space too. Um, so all our watering systems, like the water is actually much more important for your growth uh, of food and everything than it is actually for like yourself or your personal use. In my opinion, like we really place it around like, irrigating plants and food growth and stuff versus like making guests comfortable per se. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Cool. And then in your course, you teach people how to build these, like these saunas in the kitchen and all that, or would we have to be handy to figure it out? So we, my brother and I had a big strategy meeting about what the hell we're going to do with this place in the coming years. And our most recent meeting, we really like have shifted to eventually. Yeah. Like I, I personally think that's where the big lack is, is actually teaching these skills. I can teach you strategy. I can tell you how to get money. I can tell you how to share your vision. I can tell you how, where to spend the money and get going. But 
a lot of it is you also need to get creative and having skills and learning how to do this stuff yourself and build things. Like the reason it worked out well for us is because if something happens, we find a solution right away or we get really creative and just mm-hmm. see something go, yeah, I can make something out of that. We've been struggling with that and like, hey, like how do we get people these like for sure physical skills? So next year, instead of Airbnb, we're going to be doing paid internships. So you, instead of coming to stay on the property and just sit there, and drink wine or whatever. If you're coming to the, the only way that you'll be coming to our land is if you're going to work there. Um, so you'll be paying, you'll come for a week, you get fed and everything, but you work with us for an entire week and you learn all the things that we're doing. And then we'll be hosting our workshops as well. So that's a really good way to learn some of the stuff. It's still mainly strategy based. I just, it's impossible for me to teach you physical skills in a weekend. Um, it's just not a thing. So we've talked about in the coming years, probably not next year, but the year after we'll be starting to develop like one week courses where it's like, you want to come and learn how to use the sawmill and build stuff. We'll do a one week log building workshop. We'll do a one week uh, equipment workshop where I teach you how to run excavators, bobcats, uh, skitters, like whatever it is. We'll do a one week. We'll do a bunch of different ones on permaculture. We'll do infrastructure building, how to make a sauna. We'll do all sorts of stuff. And then what we would envision that in the future, we likely would have like even maybe our own program, like there's, if you're not familiar with permaculture, you can look it up, but it's kind of like an emerging thing, but it's still so new that I always joke to Jamie and I'm just like, I think we just need to make our own program where like, it's our own certification. It's our own thing because even with permaculture, yeah, you're learning how to grow food, but you're not learning how to like get out there and create something for yourself. You go and take one of those courses. And if you're lucky, someone will let you learn, you know, work on their farm for 15 bucks an hour. Whereas like, we would just be incorporating in that to an overall vision of like how to actually get out there and create this entire thing for yourself from day one and be able to do that. So I just think it'll be a lot different. It's going to be, you know, you're not just going to learn one thing. You're kind of learning like the whole thing. Like my, my goal would be that if someone came and, and did a full program with us for two to three months, that they would feel like really comfortable to go out and buy a piece of property and get, just get going and like build something for themselves. Like, I don't think you need a, need a lot more than that. So yeah, we're hoping we can bridge that because I mean, it's impossible to teach those skills online, right? I I can put videos and and shit like that all day, but the real way is you got to be there in in person and just do it. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. That's super cool. I guess, uh, has your purpose sense of purpose evolved since you are now so all in on this very alternative business? Um, yeah, man, I just feel like it just comes back, you know, like what I was saying before, where I just felt like people need to know the stuff I was figuring out. And like with food, I just felt like everyone was kind of left in the dark. I think it's just being like involved on that, right? Like I'm just, I'm just really inclined to share everything that we're doing or just being really upfront about it. Like I'm not like, I would tell everybody like, Hey, this is what we did, but this is like totally what I would do if I were to do it again. Like every time we're learning something, we're sharing it. And I just think sharing is like the ultimate thing that's that's important to do. Uh, if everybody was true, truly sharing the, their journey and what they were doing, so helpful for everybody. So the more I think about it, the more like we're just really big on sharing and teaching and educating. Like we just think that's so important right now. And and I mean, yeah, there's education out there, but even the education just seems so fake to me. Like you go to school and you learn all these things. Every person I know that goes to school pretty much comes out and does nothing with it or they get some random half-assed job they don't even like. Like they don't go to school because it's purpose-driven. They go to school because they think it's the right thing to do. 
yeah, we want to keep this like, I guess in a way it's just purposeful education. Like there's a reason behind it. There's, you know, it's, it's going to change your life. That's just a fact. Like it, it can't not, there's no way you can come out. I haven't had a single person that's come to our property and not said it's changed their life. Like it's impossible. There's no way you could come out there for a week and be like, no, nah, I don't give a shit, whatever. I'm just gonna go back to, to what I was doing. Like there's no way it doesn't impact your life in some way. Um, it just has to. So, so that's kind of just the goal, man. Keep, keep going and scaling up the teaching, the education and the sharing and just stay purposeful with it. Right. Like, like we are not, we're really doing the business for the people. Like another thing from the Hormozy yeah, from Layla there, she posted a thing saying that, uh, you know, that you started, you're either started a business because you want to make an impact. You started because you want a comfortable life. And my brother and I have been going so back and forth because we sacrifice so much for the business. Like, you know, we pay ourselves $500 a week. That's pretty minimal. Like I'm just paying for food and, and, and chilling pretty much. That's it. I'm not making a ton of cash and our revenue's pretty high uh, right now. So, you know, I'm, we're definitely not doing it for ourselves. Like the whole thing is we want to be making an impact and be able to create a space that's really good and, and educational for everybody else. So um, you can usually tell too with other, with companies and people like, what their real goal is. If there's people walking around with like fat diamond chains and rings and Ferraris, they probably don't really give a shit about you that much uh, or what they're doing. They're really doing the business for themselves and their own comfort uh, versus the guys who are out there like us on the land every day, working in the business, talking to clients themselves, doing all this stuff. Those are the people who are usually uh, really there for you and want to see you succeed. Yeah, that's a great philosophy to have. I totally agree. Well, sweet. Phil, you have anything uh, left to, to ask as we're wrapping up here? Nothing to ask, man, but like, uh, I appreciate you and Jamie so much. You guys are such an inspiration. And I think uh, what you're creating here and planting all these seeds within the individuals who come to your land is such um, such an incredible thing. And uh, you guys are definitely like pioneers in this space. I'm, I'm super grateful to know you guys and for, for what you guys are creating. I think it's really incredible. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been awesome to stay in touch and be able to do this stuff together. And thanks you guys for even for having me out. It's really, yeah, it's awesome to be able to share and to and to chat. And yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I learned a lot. Uh, I think your journey, especially what you're doing now, is really in line with where Phil and I went ahead. And it's really cool to um, to have you as someone that can you know pave the way forward for. I think there's a lot of people like us that want to figure out how to live more simply, to live closer to nature, to live in community with friends, to have transformational experiences that you facilitate or host or bring like facilitators and artists through. Uh, yeah. Really awesome that you guys are doing that. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, man. hundred percent. I think you're right. There's definitely a lot of people it's becoming, it's big now. I think five years ago it might've been tough, but I think we're in the time where this is what's really needed. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be good. And hopefully, we can have you guys out someday if you can ever make it here. We'd love to have you out or or connect in person sometimes as well too. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. I'm, yeah, man, yeah, we're into that for sure. Sweet, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. You have any any other things you want to say before we head off? I don't know. I just think we we get a lot of people through. Um, I noticed a big thing in, in most people's they're just kind of scared to take the leap. There's a lot of people in like insanely comfortable positions that have came to our workshops. And uh, I think my advice for people just be take the leap. Like, uh, I don't know like what you're doing or how long you've been doing it for. I don't think that's a good reason to just 
keep doing it. I think it's like at, at any point, if you're not feeling feeling good with what you're doing, just stop fucking doing it and and take the risk and and get out there and try what you actually want. See if you can make that work. Because chances are it's going to work. For sure. Well, yeah, thank you so much uh, for sharing your message today. Uh, it's uh, really beautiful and inspirational. I'm excited for how, how can people connect with you as you have your course? Yeah. What's the next step for someone? You can, I think like connecting with us through Instagram or checking out the website. We're right now, we're kind of in the middle of like, we're rebranding the course to its own. It won't be under the same name as the land, but it'll all be integrated. So we're just kind of rebuilding that. But the best way would be, yeah, check out our Instagram through Oz and Sanctuary or the website, ozensanctuary.com. And then if you reach out through any of those things, like you'll be talking directly to me. So if you book a strategy call, it's with me right now um, as we're building out the team and stuff. So yeah, the easiest ways to do that and, and book a call and we can kind of go over where you're at and see if there's a way that we can help uh, move you forward in, in your dream and your vision. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, yeah, yeah, thank you so man. much, Shelby, for being on the show and sharing your wisdom. And I'm, I'm excited to when, when Phil and I can book our strategy call. And I know we've had lots of thoughts as we look out at our, we have a five acre property, so it's nothing giant, but we can definitely do, you know, a five, you know, five dwelling retreat type of system here. Love to get focused on that soon. Oh, 100%. It's definitely a better way to start. I mean, I would have started smaller as well than what we did, but <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So no, that's awesome. I'd love to do a call with you guys. And then, yeah, thanks for everything you're doing and for having me on and and for getting this stuff out there. I think this stuff's so important and having people uh, that are doing what you're doing and sharing and and talking and doing all that is, is so awesome, man. So thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits inspiration. I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard and who knows who you could inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming. Yeah.